we turned bullish very early in November, in fact, November 1st, and we've been very bullish since. And this week, the fact that we've gone dead tight with the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ, that is extremely bullish. Resistance becomes support in a healthy uptrending market. You're listening to Last Week in the Market, the podcast for self-guided independent traders. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sean Vincent. I am the voice of Last Week in the Market. We'll be talking soon with Adam Sarhan. He is the brains behind Last Week in the Market. Adam is a Forbes contributor. He's the author of the book Psychological Analysis. He is the curator of the FindLeadingStocks.com newsletter. He is the creator of the Amped Trading Strategy. That's A M. This podcast is designed to help self-guided, independent investors understand Adam Sarhan's AMP trading strategy. It's also a great conversation to listen to if you're a trader and interested in developing your own strategy or just looking for new insights or a new way to look at the market. It's a good time right now to be an AMP trader. Adam tells us that the trading window is open the markets are rallying there are breakouts even though the leadership is narrow we've got a lot of great things to talk about this week so let's get to it but before we get to all that remember that in the market the past does not predict the future no results are typical and there is inherent risk when trading in the market this podcast is for educational purposes and does not constitute financial advice it's the week of November 17th, 2023, and here's what happened last week in the market. After nearly two weeks of big gains in the NASDAQ, we are anticipating a consolidation, looking out for a little bit of a sell-off, but instead we've had a sideways consolidation with prices fluctuating this week within a very narrow range. Adam says that's a very bullish sign, and we're on the lookout for new levels of support and resistance. So, so Adam, it's the it's the week before Thanksgiving. I was just telling you that that I'm taking next week off. Uh, I've been working real hard. I've had a lot of fun successes over the last few weeks, the last few months, uh, and it's important to take a little bit of time after a big run to consolidate, realize those successes, to digest those successes, and having a little downtime where things are even and and slow is nice. It just so happens to represent what's happening in the market right now, especially if we're looking at our leading indices, which we've been watching, uh, especially the QQQ, the NASDAQ 100. Yeah, no, Sean, very well said. I was going to say, you're speaking my language here with the market and digest and consolidate and, you know, big run yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, Sean, how much of the market mirrors real life and the importance of balance. You know, I had a guy that was telling you before we started recording, a friend of mine named Scott years ago, this is 20 plus years, told me a long time ago, said, you know, Adam, it's really important to uh, take time off and slow down and, you know, smell the roses type of a thing. And I came from less than nothing, didn't have any money. At the time I was going to school five days a week, working five days a week, that's 10 days in a seven day week. And I didn't understand what he was talking about. I thought he was from, from a different planet let alone a different, you know, world. And as I've aged and gotten older, I've now learned to appreciate the importance of slowing down, of taking your time, of consolidating, digesting, relaxing, 
and purposely shutting off because that sets the stage for the next big run. And that's what the market does. And that's what basically all athletes and performance-based folks, and we're in a performance-based business do. So it's really, really important to just understand that. And this week, the fact that we've gone dead tight with the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ, that is extremely bullish. Remember, Sean, there's two ways a market can, can consolidate after a big move. Up, either it can go sideways or it can pull back and go down. And the sideways consolidation, which is what it's doing now, is the more bullish of those two scenarios. So this, and we're perched right below resistance at 388 level we spoke about for the yeah. last few months. A breakout above 388 on volume and, and happy, you know, early Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Diwali, Hanukkah, everything else you yeah, can possibly let's, think of. let's be a little bit more specific about what you said there. So I'm looking at the QQQ on my uh, yeah. charting software here. And so we really just had the most remarkable run for about two weeks, week and a half, where we just saw explosive, almost straight up in the air growth like you hardly ever see. And then when that happens, we talk about after every green light is red light, after every red light is green light, when you have a big run like yeah. that, then you expect that at a certain point that the it's overbought and that some people are going right. to start selling to realize some of those gains. And you expect, you anticipate that you might see a little bit of a down yeah. bloop. Uh, and shy of like uh, two days where uh, it went down a little bit noticeably, it's gone sideways. And on my chart, looking at the last two years of the QQQ, I've never seen yeah. a period where it's gone sideways with such little difference in daily price for so long. Like we're talking about, uh, it's not been moving more than, certainly not more than 1% and above or below its opening price for this whole week. Sometimes half a percent or less, a fraction of a percent. Interesting. So um, what you're saying, Sean, here is, is spot on. It, you, you get these power moves or a billionaire hedge fund manager, his name is David Tepper, came up with these terms, or I don't know if he coined the term or if it's been there before, but he uses the term trading windows. And we've mentioned, I believe, before here on the show, if not for sure in the book and the writings and other places, the trading window, what is it? It's really a period in time where the market has, the window opens and the market has an explosive run. It could last a few weeks. It could last a few months. Typically, it lasts a few months, and then it stops. Now, along the way, while that market's running higher, it consolidates, it digests, it moves sideways, sets the stage, and then you have another leg up. But for now, we, we, it appears in the month of November, a trading window opened, and hopefully it'll stay open for a while here into the new year, at least in you know, Christmas. You get a standard rally. We're entering a seasonally strong period for the market. So I, I expect, especially based on this last four-day consolidation here, after the big move up and no give back at all in the QQQ. And by the way, not just the NASDAQ 100, also in the semiconductor index, you can look at the SMH. That didn't give back anything at all. And that's a leading area as well, the tech stocks, so specifically semiconductor stocks. So, and in fact, the SMH is broke out above that July high of 161.17. It's now at 162.16. 60 ish or I'm, you know, it's late Friday afternoon now, so we'll see where it closes. But uh, the market's still open, is my point. 
And um, that broke out already. And that's a leading indicator because a lot of the NASDAQ stocks follow or they're very highly correlated, the semiconductors and NASDAQ. So to me, this trading window is open and it's likely to continue until we see any heavy selling, also known as distribution, show up in the market. And really, the market's got to break down hard. But for now, we're seeing the rally broaden, the Russell 2000, the IWM. You can look at the MDY, the mid cap stocks. Look on weekly charts, Sean, you can see it. All have big explosive up weeks this week. And they got above their downward sloping 50-day moving averages. Some got above the 200-day moving average. You, the, the action's improving. Yeah, and I just want to stress something you said near the beginning there, that the fact that we've not uh, seen the QQQ uh, go down and instead go sideways when, when we have every expectation that it would go down to consolidate this big growth is an extraordinarily bullish sign. It's like it's yes, like it wants 100%. everything wants it to go down, but it just refuses to go to, to go down. And so we look at it and we, we feel pretty optimistic that uh, it'll consolidate for a little bit and then move back upwards. Yeah, I mean, look, if it's not going to go down, yeah, it's going right. to go, up, right? gonna go <laughs> sideways for so long. So, so you know, you know yeah. amped traders, you, you talk about this trading window that opened. Amp traders watch for. Yeah follow through days. That's when the market goes up yes. uh, 1.3% or more on more volume than the day before. And that is an indication that the window might be open. You have a list yes. of leading stocks that you watch. You have your watch list. You look for breakouts. You publish that for your findleadingstocks.com subscribers. And if you practice the yes. amped trading strategy, then uh, some of those ideas that you share, those stocks are things where there's entry points, advanced entry points where you can buy in. You place a sell stop 5 to 7% below your entry point so that if you're wrong, you know yes. that you'll be wrong small and where you go out. And the hope is that we'll see a run. Uh, it, you'll, those stocks will go higher. And uh, I you know, play along with... Uh, a little spreadsheet and I keep track of some of the ideas that you yeah. put out and, and what I think is interesting. Right. Uh, since uh, oh, a week ago, they're all still in there. They've all gone up. And uh, here, so here's a question for you. So I think a lot of amped traders right now over the last couple of weeks, they had been in mostly cash, have a lot of them have taken long positions as we've seen breakouts and the market rally. So amp traders, have long positions according to your strategy adam once you start seeing some upward movement then you can raise your sell stop to break even to to cut out the the nearly completely eliminate the chances for losses you can still gap down but to 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 lock in your capital and then as it goes further up you can raise those sell stops so you can lock in profit so here's my question for you. Yeah. Um, yes. What advice do you have to people or what, what tips do amp traders need to know about when to bring those stops up to break even and then when to lock in profit? Well, fantastic question, Sean. Number one, congrats on the success. Number two, it warms my heart to help other people and share my thoughts with the market. I always love hearing great feedback, especially with people making money. Um, the tra the AMP traders that have followed along with fine leading stocks are, should be profitable big time because we turned bullish very early in November. In fact, November 1st, and we've been very bullish since. 
So if you go back, read the archives, they're all available. And I go on record every week with my thoughts, which I'm wrong a lot of times. But the good news is when I'm wrong, I'm wrong small. And when I'm right, I'm right big. At least that's the hope or the, the goal. And that's what's been happening. So hopefully that continues. But the idea, Sean, is that you want, there's a few steps. Let's walk people through it. You first buy something. There's one of three scenarios that can happen after you buy it. Doesn't matter what it is, stock, a currency, a commodity, a crypto, a real estate, a house. One of three things can happen in a freely publicly traded market. It can go up, it can go down, or it can go sideways. So most people go in there and they look at the reward side of the equation. They're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get so rich by buying a gazillion shares of XYZ. It's gonna double and I'm gonna make a fortune. Pulls out the calculator, I'm gonna buy a Ferrari, Lamborghini, and so on and so forth. Okay, great. What ends up happening most of the time, the stock goes down. They, most people don't look at the risk side of the equation and then they get walloped. And that's one of the reasons why most people lose money in the market. There's more, but that's one of the main ones. All right, fine. So our job as traders or as investors, as people who allocate capital and look for the R in ROI, somebody told me, hey, Adam, you give me the R in ROI. I thought that was a great line. It was a great compliment. And I said, sure, the goal is to mitigate the risk. So I look at things differently. I look at the risk side of the equation first. So before I enter anything, doesn't matter what it is, every decision I make is almost, you know, I look at it, internalize it like a trade. There's an element of risk, there's an element of reward. So what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I buy this stock or if I make that decision? Cross the street, whatever the case is, right? All right, if I'm okay with that outcome, I'll take the trade. So before I enter, I ask myself, where am I gonna exit if I'm wrong? Because most trades don't work, it's just statistics. And how much am I gonna lose in my portfolio if I'm wrong? Then I put the trade on and the trade goes up great around one third of the time or if you know less than half of the time the trades go up in your favor. Then the first thing I want to do when the stock's up 5%, 10% above my entry, somewhere in that range, depending on how the stock is performing, how the market's performing, if there's opportunity cost, other stocks are working, depending on many variables. But the first thing I want to do is move my stop to break even because that means bearing, like you said, some unforeseen major gap down. I'm going to exit for at least break even or a profit. Now I've greatly reduced the worst case scenario from losing money to zero. Now all of a sudden I've got, and I'm building a cushion. A cushion is one of the most important things in the market. It means you have a profit and you've got room to breathe, so to speak. Then all of a sudden, as the stock continues to rally or continues to go higher, this answers your question here now, I'm gonna be raising my stop slowly to important inflection points below the market. So it could be weekly lows, it could be moving averages, it could be trend lines, it could be prior areas of resistance, prior areas of support, you know, so on and so forth. But I wanna give the market and the stock room to breathe, room to run, because the stocks are gonna pull back. And I, if you choke it, meaning you, you're up five or 6%, and then you sell it, because you're scared you're gonna lose your profit, and then the thing doubles on you, well, you missed out on a big win, right? So you really, each, there's no magic formula here. Each person comes up with what works for them. I've got a coaching service. People want to learn more. They can go to email info at findleadingstocks.com. I'm happy to engage and go dive deeper. But for the purpose of this podcast, the idea is just have that framework in your mind's eye. That job number one is to assess the risk. Worst case scenario, put your stop in there, calculate before you enter where you're going to exit, how much you're going to risk if you're wrong. Step two is once you do have that profit, 
not right away, but you know, give it 5% or give it 7, 8%, 10%, which you get a little bit of a, of a profit going. Then you want to move that stop to break even as much, at least I do. That's what I want to do. Move my stop to break even as fast as possible because this way it mitigates that worst case scenario. And then the step three would be, okay, what do we exit for a profit? And I'm an intermediate term investor. I'm not an active short-term trader and I'm not a long-term buy and hope kind of guy. I'll hold it for 30 years. I've held things for years and years and years before, but that's because they're working and they're running in my favor. So my goal is to just let those profits run as far and long as they can, but make sure that the stock or the market, whatever I'm ETF, whatever I own is acting healthy and gives me a, and earns my money, meaning it's making me money. So you reiterated the idea that you bring the stops up to, to lock in profit when you have enough room. And so, and let's talk about that room because you you mentioned a few things that would be some depending on the equity that you're looking at, depending on how the chart's behaving, where you'd bring that up to, right? And so, core to that amp trading strategy is this idea of support and resistance. Once you've a stock's moved up, and then establishes a new trading pattern, you'll see some new lines of support and resistance. You know, it'll trade in a certain range. And so if you're, if you got room and you can pull your stop up to below support, you're going to hope that you've given it enough range to move naturally without triggering the sell, right? Correct. And, and that's important, Sean, because a lot of people, so Warren Buffett's got a great line. He goes, most people are greedy when they should be fearful and fearful when they should be greedy. Let me repeat that. Most people are greedy when they should be fearful and fearful when they're greedy. So what does that mean in, in an example? All right, you buy a stock at, let's say, 10. It goes to 11. You're scared, you're fearful, you're gonna lose your profits and you prematurely sell it for no reason other than you're fearful. The stock's giving you no reason at all to sell it, but I'm out because I'm scared I'm gonna lose my profit. Now he says that's when you should be greedy. That's when the stock, if the stock's gonna double or triple, it's gotta to go to 11, it's gotta to go to 12. So that's number one. Mistake number two on the other side of that is you're fearful. You buy it at 10, it goes to nine. I'm hoping that it's going to go back to 10 to get back to break even and then I'll get out. So you're getting greedy there. Instead, you should be fearful that it's going to go to five or go to zero. And that's when you should sell it, right? Keep that loss as small or if not, sell it at 950 or 970, whatever it is, right? Before you get to nine. That's, that's how the concept works in plain English with a, a tangible example. I want to talk to you a little bit more about support and resistance in a period right now where we've had such a big run, it, it becomes less clear where support and resistance is. You talked about it at the beginning on the QQQ. We've seemed to found resistance at July's high of about 388. The, 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 it's moved up there and it's kind of stayed there. I don't know where support is right now it's, it's it's we're going sideways okay and, and at a very narrow trading range yeah. so from one perspective support looks like it's uh just a few points lower than resistance but i also look down at the 50-day moving average uh and then just a few weeks ago we looked like we almost touched the 200-day moving average so uh, I feel like almost a little bit in the opposite of a free fall. I'm free falling upwards, <laughs> but I don't know where don't know where support is. 
No, great question. So it all depends on your time frame. You're right on everything you said. In the last four or five days, or four days really, you had a big gap up on the 14th. And then since then, support was a low on the 16th of 383.56. Now below that, you've got a 380 high, which was August August's high. Below that, you've got a 373 high or 374, depending on if you want to round up or not, back in October. And that's now support. So the so the former areas of resistance, 374, which was October's high, and then 381, I'm rounding here, which was September's high slash late August area, that those two areas were resistance. They now become support on the way down. Then you've got the 50-day moving average near 365 and the 21-day moving average near 365. And then below that, you got the 200-day moving average and you've got that 350 area. And then below that, you got 342. So there's multiple areas of support. Really short-term support would be this week's low below that low of the gap, which would be around 383. And it uh, hit that on the 14th and it tested it again on the uh, 16th. So it's not even the weekly low because you had a uh, the weekly low is 375. It's just the low for the last four days because you had the big gap up after the CPI was announced on the 14th. So near-term support would be 383. You see that on the daily yeah. chart? If you look at the two times on the 14th and the 16th, okay. And then below that would be 381, which would be September's high or August's high. And then you've got 374, which was October's high. And then you've got the 50-day moving average and the 21-day, which are 365. Those would be the next three areas of, you know, that I'm looking at yeah. for areas of support. 388, it's not quite there yet because you're right there. So it's still... As of right now, it's 386. 388 hasn't been taken out yet. So if, once it gets above 388, then that'll be the next level of support gotcha. to watch. So again, essentially, Sean, resistance becomes support in a healthy uptrending market. I kind of want to get to the point in this uptrend where that uh, support's tested. You know, it, it's nice to keep going up. I'd kind of like to see uh, a period where yeah. we go down a little bit and, and see that support work. And then I feel established in this new trading pattern and I feel comfortable watching for another follow through day and then taking new positions. Yeah, no, we all want that to happen. The, the, when you get support defended and then not even rejected, but defended and then it shoots higher, by all means, Sean, that's one of the best things you can do because that tells you that what the big investors are doing with their money, not what they're saying, but what they're actually doing. And it shows you, hey, listen, we had every chance in the world to fall and instead we rallied. But that being said, feel comfortable in the fact that every single day since the 27th of October, you literally have been up except for two down days. And one of those down days, you ended in the upper half of the range, which was on the 13th. And that was barely a down day and volume was below average. So you really had one down day, which was the 9th of, July, of November. Outside of that, every single day has been up. The inability to fall speaks volumes. Keep that in mind too. And as there's two ways to consolidate, there's time and then there's price. So as we move sideways here or refuse to go down, that inability to fall tells you there's just so much demand down there. Every time the market tries to go down just a tad, bam, more buyers show up. I'm very bullish here. I don't remember a time really since even back in March, I first turned bullish in March with all those cup and handles that I showed over 275 of them. And I had the precedent of, of the 2000 dot com bubble that burst. It bottomed in October of 2002. 
and a new bull market started in March of 03. Interestingly enough, this is the NASDAQ 100. In uh, It was November of 08, it bottomed, but really took off in March of 09. And I pointed this out in, this year. I said, how amazing would it be if October of 2022 was the low of the bear market and we really kick into gear in March of 2023? And lo and behold, that's what happened. So I've been able to, because to, I study history so much, I've been able to, to really hit this really, really well and help navigate a difficult environment for most people. Leadership's been narrow, but this has been one of the best periods we've seen November um, since April, May, June-ish of this year. And going back before that, not for a long time, since 2020 or 2021. So we're in the early stages of what potentially could be an explosive bull, bull move. And then don't forget, Sean, on a monthly chart, you've got a really strong bullish cup and handle pattern forming. And if this, we're right now at the high of the handle. We break out of that and then get above 410-ish or 408 in the NASDAQ 100, we're off into new all-time high territory. All right, everybody. That's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening through to the end. We'll be back again on the other side of the holiday to take a look at the action in the market. Until then, as Adam always says, keep your losses small and let your winners fly. Somebody told me, hey, Adam, you give me the R and ROI.